up to our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the geek nation you're currently tuning into the cold pop podcast live stream aka spoiler alert episode 747 aka the, the dad show uh he's down here you can't see him but he's got a got a bottle in his face he should be great to go um oh, I'm gonna where we review sandwich. the last the la- oh yeah <laughs> great <laughs> um where we review the past week's comics as well as talk about some fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, PA, a rad-ass shop for nerds of all shapes and sizes. Except jerks. No jerks allowed. This is the part where Noel writes anything in the script and JD has to read it. Who likes prunes? I love love prunes. Staying regular is what regular Joes like me do to to stay super cool. High five. With me this morning are people of which I am fond. First up is Brian Lieb. Brian, if you were going to kill off a beloved comic book character, which you enjoy, (laughs) who would it be? Uh, To clarify, is it that Brian loves (laughs) killing off comic book characters? Or does he have to kill off a comic book character that he enjoys? To clarify, every time I ask a metaphorical question of Brian, I have to at least attempt to get any kind of minutia out of the way so he can't not answer the question with some sort of semantics. Do you not do that in your regular life to be as exact as possible at all times? No, because you're the only you. Um, uh, uh, (laughs) It has to be a character that you like. Who would you? It has to be a character that I like. So who would be brought back the fastest? Let's see. Hmm. Hmm. A character that I like. Ooh, but he's all right. Not being around for a little while. You know, Uatu, he didn't take too long, and he was, uh, he was fine. I definitely write it in at the end that he's still alive. Right? Right at the end there. <laughs> so, the Watcher. All right. Eh, I guess. Is the Watcher <laughs> the still dead? No, he's, no, he's fine. He's yeah, dead. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Wasn't wasn't Fury was became the Watcher, right? Yeah. He did, or like oh, some yeah. other name. Yeah, for the unseen. Out, the Watcher. Yeah, the unseen. The unseen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also with us today is a legend in his spare time, Len the Bat Tribble. Len, same question, and or tell us why Brian's answer is incorrect. Um, Brian's question is answer is not incorrect. It's just who gives the hell about Uatu? Um, I love Uatu. <laughs> Brian you, does. That's the answer. Yeah. You would Brian's be the exception um, to every rule. Yes, Brian. Yeah. Uh, I I would kill off Bruce Wayne's Batman. I I put him on the shelf uh, for a good ten years. I had to uh-huh. elevate. And while where previously while, as much as I loved 
Dick Grayson as Batman, I wouldn't make Dick Grayson Batman. There just wouldn't be a Batman for 10 years. And it would just elevate Nightwing in his own personality that Mm -hmm. much more to kind of like the Batman level in the DC universe for a good 10 years. That's what I would do. What did you think of the Snyder run that was Batman without Batman? Was that was that when Gordon was Batman? Yeah, yeah, well, that, uh, that, was, that was stupid. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I, ultimately, looking back on Snyder's run, there was bits of it I liked, and I liked Greg Capullo's art for the most part. But a lot of it was like just really. I'm actually, I'm actually rereading it now. I'm past, I'm past Court of Owls. I'm into Death of the, of the Family. It's not bad. Yeah. I like it. I only, yeah, I only like read to... I read pieces here and there and it was like, yeah, yeah, fine. I know that when it gets to the Jim Gordon stuff, everybody's like, meh. Right, well, right. I'd say the, yeah. the, jo- the Joker stuff was some metaphysical bullshit as well. Like mm-hmm. the end game, the end game yeah. stuff with Dionysus. But that's all the metal shit that Snyder comes up with. Batmanium. I'm going to I'm going to read the whole thing and I'm probably going to agree with you. But I love the idea of taking Batman off the table for a long period of time like they did with Captain America technically he was gone for like two years worth of stories and it was all about his sidekicks the whole book was about well, I mean, the there was. Wait, but there was, was a Captain America talking? at the time, like when Bucky was Cap. You mean? Right. Well, I know, but like the book became for actually, and that was like twelve issues. Like he didn't become Cap right away. He kept oh, right. denying it. Oh. But the books itself were all about the ensemble trying to fill the void left by uh, Captain America, mm-hmm. which to me was almost more. It was a better way to talk about the importance of the characters when you take them away. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, how and everyone and, tries to fill in. And I enjoyed that. I I yeah. loved the hell out of that that Captain America. But there was never any sense, as good as it was, that Steve Rogers wasn't coming back. Well, and no, no, even no. though it, he came back within two, three years, you knew he was going to come back. That's why I would say take Bruce Wayne off off the board, a la Barry Allen back mm-hmm. in the eighties. Oh, and, and that, then, that yeah, 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 keep him keep him going. Keep like the like, years exactly. I'm down with that. I like that. That's yeah. a ballsy cool move, Len. I like that. Mm-hmm. I was one of the people who was bummed that they brought bats back so quickly. Me too. When um, Dick took over the cowl. I thought that was a great run. Um, I was too. I was bummed out about that also. Although one thing I liked about that death was we never thought he was dead. The characters all did. And because he's not, we already know that he is not dead. And I liked that DC did that where they showed us him in the cave at the end. So they're like, Hey guys, we're going to act like the characters are going through this, but we're not playing around with you because character deaths are not usually that interesting. Is the thing. Dead dead Bruce Wayne had a title. Like he actually had a comic. He did. uh, uh, The the return of, or the, the search for Bruce Wayne. Traveling through through time. Yeah, yeah, he was never not in a book during that whole period. Yeah. So it was like it was hard to like. I forgot that part. Yeah, That's funny. Yeah, and it wasn't that big of a thing. Was I will push back on you, B. That character deaths are used. What you say? They're they're usually not that big a deal. I said they're not that interesting. <laughs> See, I I, I, I disagree. Okay. I disagree. Okay. I think I think when done well, they are very interesting. I mean, you can. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can always go back to the classic of Gwen Stacy, but I actually think that Supergirl's death in Crisis on Infinite Earths was fantastic, and everybody felt that death. You know Uh, what? 
and and and, and Barry Allen's demise. Barry Allen's mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and Barry Allen's too. Yeah, I would say I'll revise it. <laughs> Sorry, Jenny. We were. Uh, I, I'll revise it. I, I find them disinteresting because it removes that character from the board. Right? It's not like that can't be an interesting story. And I agree with both of you guys on both of those points that those were interesting stories and led to other interesting stories. But nowadays I find I'm like, eh, but then that character is gone, you know? Um, and I'm not as into it. But I go, eh, they'll be back in six months. No, it's and true. I'm, <laughs> it's I'm true. not that well, into it. It's true. What I was going to say was the things you guys, you and Rob are mentioning, uh, us old heads were mentioning, um, that was back when deaths meant something. Yeah. That was way back. Um, yeah. uh, th- th- they are a very different storytelling device now than they were mm. in the 80s, the early 80s. Um, so I think we have gone to that well too many times and readers are too aware. You know, we've gone to the well and then um, just undid it too quickly. Uh, and so all the comic book readers are used to it now. So it's well, it's, a, it, it's it's all about it's all about the clicks at this day, right? I mean, yes. it was story yes. driven first back then. It was like mm-hmm. this is going to affect the universe, and we're going to stick to our guns. There's no cross medium bullshit that we have to worry about. Now it's a sensationalism. It's the same thing yeah. as when they spit out the number ones. It's yeah. a yeah. It's trying to capture capture the zeitgeist. I am jaded, but I'm not as jaded as maybe some people here because I love it when they do that stuff just because I enjoy like books being shaken up, shooken up. Sometimes it's terrible. Sometimes it's not. I know that it's not for the long term. Like uh, next month, they're releasing that miniseries, The Death of Doctor Strange. I know he's not going to (laughs) die, but I love the idea of in-story characters getting like kind of shuffled around and thrown around. And it's also always about the creative team. So it's like Jed McKay and Lee Garbett. I don't know if he's done like Lee Garbett's awesome. I will totally read the shit out of that. So the clicks worked for me. But do I think that it's we're going to kill off this character that's about to have a big movie? No. I know that. You know, it's fine. I'm probably, I feel like I'm one of the only people who liked all new Marvel now or whatever the hell that was called, like stupid name. But I really liked when they did a reshuffling of most of the the players on the Marvel board and gave you different versions of those characters, like um, all new Wolverine, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of liked that the Marvel universe looked different than it did when I was a kid. And I was looking forward to more of that, but I guess too many people got upset. They did it too quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, too I mean, many at once. And then, well, the, the sad, and then the sad boys all were like, no, that's JWs, boo. You know, uh, and so they undid a lot of it. Um, I, mean, I thought it, that was uh, real cool. Yeah, I, I love where your head's at, JD. Because I would kill off every single existing DC character and replace them with the Kingdom Come characters. I mean, that's ah. what I wanted to see as my tomorrow when I was reading comics back in the day, was new characters taking over the mantle. It just makes sense. And that's not what we got. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, aging out is, doesn't happen anymore. Mm, oh, goodness gracious, my boy. Hey, special guest Rob Patey, would you like to weigh in on which beloved character to kill off and or Brian's level of incorrectness and his response? I would love to kill off. Let me think about it. Oh, I'd love to kill off all the DC characters that are currently playing. <laughs> 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 no, you only get one. Right? This is the inverse for you. Which one would you most like to kill off? <laughs> I'm telling yeah, you now, like wrote, they all go. All the, all no the wrote it, so I had to read go. it. Oh, yeah, 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 it's the rules. Who, well, who gets the who's who's the the if you had to pick one, I guess, who who is the legacy character that 
most needs just kind of to be put on the shelf, not unlike uh, Len said. Do you think there's one that could benefit? I don't, I don't think I don't think there's a huge world for Tony Stark these days. Um, and I go back and I say, you know, why did you know Riri did not have to disappear? In my opinion, especially if you want to go after a younger audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, up, up, so. I don't. I don't understand the thought process there. Yeah, that just doesn't bu- make less sense. Her book was great. Like when when it when the title became hers, and I don't even mean when they switched the title to Ironheart. When she was trying to be Iron Man, and she had an AI Tony Stark in her ear. That was awesome. That, that was, was awesome. a way of like taking him completely off the board, but he still is a mentor there. of some yep. destructive type. I think that was awesome. Yeah. So what's the deal with because Re- I don't read Iron Man. What's the deal with she she's not on the board at all anymore? She lost her book. She's on Champions and she I I don't think there's an Ironheart book anymore though. No. Nope. I mean there's going to be a show so Oh yeah, I they'll, be they'll read her. There will be but... a book soon. Yeah. And I I personally didn't care for her character to redesign the the pink and the logo thing and the helmet that shows her face. Yeah, I didn't like that. It looked like an action figure more than like of Iron Man. You, you know what? Like, yeah, it's cool. absolutely right. It did look like an action, yeah. like a Power Ranger. Yeah, yeah actually, <laughs> I have her. Well, that's where she is. Ah, uh-huh. poor Riri. Where'd you uh, yeah, do this? Her? She's uh, been boxed. This, <laughs> this version of her was my favorite. This this kind of like yep. uh, legacy version of her. Yeah, yeah, I love. Same, this. agreed. Yeah. Last and rightfully so. No, say hi, you nerd. <laughs> anyway, thank you for everyone joining us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. The joy of doing this live is you all in the comment section. So pipe up if you uh, feel so inclined. We may comment live during the show. Before we get into the comics this week, we got letters. We got letters. We got letters. Lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. Letters. All right, Christopher Goodnight oh, says, Suicide Squad was that shit. Seriously, while I wasn't a fan of the first Guardians movie, I kind of enjoyed the second one. This one blew both of those out of the water. While I still have rather had a secret... Oh, while I would still have rather had a secret six movie, it was still greatly entertaining. I love the way it played with time and the way he used the captions on screen. I even enjoyed Kinnaman's portrayal of Flag this time around, and I usually can't stand his face. (laughs) Of course, King Shark was a highlight as well as Starro. But there's a lot of great smaller hero teams that could use a movie like this. Secret Six slash Villains United is... One, the Shadow Pact or Day of Vengeance miniseries is another. Also, I'd love to see Nightwing Year One adapted as a movie or miniseries. Also, I wanted to say I know Len is critical of weekly issues and thinks we should switch to trades only, but I can't imagine waiting six months or so for a new trade of Basilisk, Nice House on the Lake, Department of Truth, or Something is Killing the Children. They make the first and last week of the month worth waiting for. Chris St. Saucy, good night. That's an excellent email, Chris. Thank you so much. I loved it. That was that was delightful. Uh, I agree with you. Um, I was just reading uh, Nice House on the Lake today, and I wish there were more of it. Um, but uh, I'm enjoying the the which is stretching out the mystery the, of it. Right, the pacing of it coming. The pacing. Out. That's yes. a word. Thanks. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good email. Good email. There was, you know, speaking of that, an update to our previous conversation about Amazing Fantasy. 
I don't know if you guys saw, you remember we were talking about, hey, this really feels like a larger size, thicker book. They are almost immediately coming out with treasury editions of Amazing Fantasy, uh, which has Cap and Spider-Man and Black Widow in a fan fantasy yeah. world. Oh, cool. Yeah. What do you, hey, hey, yeah. hey, What's up? what do you guys think of the treasury editions? I, I really like them. Yeah. Wait. Well, um. The, the, the super oversized like collections. Yeah, soft, I have a couple. Yeah, it's I, like I a soft them. cover, but with like yeah. a reinforced cover a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, even um, this is just collecting the first two, and then the second two, and then you know. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I can't like say that, that for weird. sure. I can't say that for sure. We could look further into that if we want, but it's a possibility. What? Now, if I remember correctly. The History of the Marvel Universe uh, by Mark Wade and uh, <laughs> Wait, what's Javier that Rodriguez uh, was uh, printed in a treasury edition, which he gifted to Glenn the Bad Tribble. And I feel like it's his favorite book. It's his favorite book now, right? And you can feel that way. Um, <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Do you want me to get it? You know, I, I threaten and I promise I think we should make this whole podcast just a read through uh, <laughs> the history of the Marvel Universe. It's a delightful yeah. story. Yeah. And then just I was keep wondering going how over we could get, I was wondering how we could get less viewers, so I'm, I'm glad you brought <laughs> oh, it. I, I, you know what? Quality, not quantity. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's true. But that, better viewers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hard viewers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, any any uh, listeners or viewers out there, if you guys know better listeners slash viewers, tell them about the show. Yeah. Also, jump in the comments if you actually would like to hear us read through the history of the Marvel Universe by Mark Blade <laughs> and Javier Rodriguez. Beautiful story. Um, wonderful uh, treasury edition. Let's do it together. Uh, hey, now, Dan what about in the comments the says, uh, Suicide <laughs> Squad was a lot of fun. I agree. Uh, we are going All to right. talk about it at length. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do three books, and then we're going to get right into the Suicide Squad movie from James Gunn. Um, here we go. The Me You Love in the Dark, number one, from Image Comics, written by Scotty Young, with art by Jorge Corona. <laughs> Writer Scotty Young and artist Jorge Corona <laughs> follow up their critically acclaimed series, Middle West, with a brand new haunting tale. An artist named Roe, retreats from the grind of the city to an old house in a small town to find solace and inspiration without realizing the muse within is not what she expected. Fans of Stephen King and Neil Gaiman will enjoy this beautiful, dark, and disturbing story of discovery, love, and terror. Um, this issue was the first two minutes of a horror <laughs> film, um, and then it was over. <laughs> uh, ooh, was this guy? So, uh, my mistake was I thought one of the three books we were going to review this week was Nice House on the Lake Three by James Tynan uh, the Fourth, and uh, boy, that was it was meaty and great, and it took me a while to get through, and I was really enjoying it. I can't wait for the next issue. And then uh, I, I got to here, and I realized, oh, oh, I read the wrong book. So let me just <laughs> let me just open up the book real quick, and I'm done. Oh, I finished it. <laughs> I finished the book. Um, I think it was just like the whole issue was just like one page, two sides. Uh, it was a very thin. Uh, it was a leaflet. Uh, it was a trifold, like a menu. Um, and now it's over. It was. It's. It's off to a fine start. I think. Uh, it. It does feel like every other haunted house story I've ever encountered, where we have 
a writer or an artist or someone who needs to get away and so they rent a new house or they buy a new house and then they need to go there for inspirata and oh my gosh it's haunted i can't believe it oh um it i'm curious to see where it's going i'm going to read issue two um but so far it's, uh, it's fine what did who's got something to say i got something uh, right. so i thought very similarly to you, JD, it, it was you're in it and then it's done and you've just gotten to the beginning, you know, um, I felt myself thinking of the one that we read for last week or maybe two weeks ago with the guy who buys the house and it turns out there's this ghoul there. Right. I liked this one better. I felt the problems of that less not zero but less with yeah. this one where i was like okay for whatever reason i feel a little more a little more like um in the story very slightly but not a lot i felt like this could have been done in the front and back page that you described jd mm -hmm. with a little kind of montage and you know maybe one of the reasons that these creators don't em employ that is that when you're writing the story, it's very live in your head and very real. And so you wanted to, and it seems so different from other things that have existed. Whereas a lot of this isn't different from other things that have existed. And you can tell it in shorthand if you want to, you know, mm -hmm. however, and I'm just realizing now that this is also a similarity to the last book. I don't know that this will be a horror book. Um, it seems more like this, this spirit is uh, maybe going to be a positive force in her yeah. life, or they will be a positive force in each other's existences. I could see it being a romance, actually, the way yeah. that we've started. Yeah, yeah. Um, Noel had his hand up, and then Rob. Oh, um, I was going to disagree with you. I actually thought this was delightful. <laughs> um, and I thought it was meaty, but it was meaty in the way that, like, um, I don't know if you guys are reading uh, Somni's Jonah and then possible monsters and some of the issues that he did with Mark Wade, where it's very, very artist driven with very, very little dialogue. So this book felt like that, like just the way it was paced, you could breeze right through it. But if you go back and just do it again, it's still, it just really works. Was it meaty? No. Um, was it, was it revolutionary? No. Um, but it was, I, I found it to be sweet. Like, um, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, was but, I, just, I don't. I may have misrepresented no, no, no. my feelings on it. I think it's it's off to a fine start. Um, I just, I, I it honestly just felt like I, two pages, and then we would have the the me you love in the dark um, logo, yeah. and then we would start the story for the rest of the issue. You know what I mean? You know, similar like to the last one, the, they gave us a tease of the next one here in the last comic. They gave us an overview, so you knew what you're getting. You know, coming it, up. I liked the 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 minimal so. She is the only main character. I like that they didn't make her for a good chunk of the story. She is like talking to herself, but she doesn't like soliloquy to herself. It's very just solitude and singular and just trying to paint. And then over time, you kind of see that. I, I, I thought this was great. I really liked it. It worked for me. Cool. Yeah. Um, Rob? It looks like yeah, the... Oh, God. Rob. No, I was just, just going to say, I think the speed thing we're talking about is another topic that we were talking about in pregame, which is trade pacing, right? Mm -hmm. This is, it's very hard to imbibe this as a single issue because unlike other Scotty Young books, last one I read was I Hate Fairyland. 
you don't get the twist in this in the first issue. Right. What's the twist? Why? You at least got to give me that hook at the end for me to say, okay, I'll, I'll stay with you into the next pages. It was all pre-exposition is what I would call it. And I have a question. Is the ghost a cum trail? Oh, I yes. like the way they do the ghost. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, not exclusive. that's music. That's music. music. That's, that's, music. Not, music is, that's not a cum it's a snail trail, just like music is messy in the air. Yeah. No, yeah, that's 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 a visual I mean, that's representation me. of her listening to music. Yeah, not. I, think it was, I thought it was both of those things. No, I the ghost was kind that's of music. It's the it's music, music, and that's why she she, she uh, reacts when she hears it because she knew that she didn't play it. So yeah. it's 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 hmm. the music. It's not it's not a comedy. Also, that, yeah. okay. the, All right. the neat thing is, if you look at this middle panel. It looks like the, I, maybe I'm wrong here, but it looks like it's a physical representation of even the type of music, because I think it's some sort of gothy dark music. Because this hmm. trail looks like a graveyard. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, it looks like oh, yeah. uh, tombstones. The one with the cross tombstone? supports that a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's why I thought it was a manifestation of the ghost. Yeah. No, that's well, just music. Yeah, yeah. I I get that it's music because you see it coming from the, the record player. So I did realize that it was music, but I could definitely see where you might not you might take it as something else. I actually think a, Go ahead, go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry, there's a panel later on where it's following her again. It's it's a few pages in. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a, no, I definitely thought it was both of the like I thought it was coming out of the record player and part of his the ghost manifestation. So. No, I like, yeah. they even show you this passage of time. I've got this middle panel up here and you can see the music, no, you know, the music uh, representation even just sort of comes to a, a halt. And then the next panel is she's left the room and it's dark. So I like that it's it shows you she has mm. listened to all of the music. The music's done and now it's up. Well, time to, time to go do something else. You know what I mean? Mm. So to show the passage of time, I thought it was nice. Yeah, I actually thought that the book kind of like like no, I think that it's a very slight book if you just read it first, you know, first glance. But then if you take your time and settle in on the artwork, which it which is this is a very subdued Scotty Young. This is a pulled back Scotty Young as opposed oh, it's to not a, Scotty Young. I mean, not Scotty Young. Well, okay. Well, then there you go. Well, that's why it's different. Um, well, but even still, back. but even still, but even still, his writing is still a lot, a lot more frenetic and, and, and than than this. So this is definitely more more tailored and more more mannered. And mm -hmm. I, for the most part, while I agree with JD that this definitely feels like chapter one of a bigger book, and I think that. Um, the reason why it feels like it maybe is elongated a little bit too much is because this is 32 pages. You know, maybe if this is 24, 26 pages, it maybe it's not. But 32 is like, you know, there's a couple of beats that kind of like repeat in here. Mm -hmm. But overall, I still did enjoy it. And I do think that while it's not necessarily a hard hook, I think there is at least something subtly different in that like you said, that this could end up being a romance. That these both, they yeah. both seem to be benevolent towards one another, her and the spirit. So, you know, 
Hey, ultimately, I, I think I think I think it was it's like you said. Uh, I think sweet is a perfect word for it. Um, and considering like a lot of the horror that we have been reading and the 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 creepiness or, or mystery or gore that had been in some of our comic books, I think this taking a, a a slightly different path. I think is cool. At the end of the day, though, I would not be surprised if this is not more. More than an exercise in him doing a cool comic book, and yeah, this would, being more a proof of concept of a script. Yeah, I would actually be. Uh, it's, it's funny you talk about the script. I would actually be really interested in seeing what the script for this comic looks like. As you know, uh, Scotty Young is primarily an artist, him being the the writer, and him and Corona working together. I wonder how much of those panels are described out, or if this was more Marvel style, where it was like these are the beats I want to hit, Jorge. Can you hit them? And then just inserting dialogue. I, I wonder how um, detailed that he was in the scripting process. That would I would have found that interesting. Where the hell is the record player in the upper left hand corner there? This is the page where I'm thinking like it looks like it comes. It's in the uh, no, 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 it's it's starting from it's inside the hutch that's behind oh. the bottle of wine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Rob gonna make Jesus his point. Christ. Rob yeah. gonna make his point. They're just shooting all over the place. <laughs> that ghost is all yeah. Get that ghost a bucket. Uh, JD, you want me to hit the next one? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear you, but all right. He, he, uh, he's got that baby. So the next book we're going to talk about is Spirits of Vengeance, colon, Spirit Rider 1 by Marvel Comics, written by Taboo of uh, the Black Eyed Peas and B. Earl, um, with art by Paul Davidson. Uh, Diamond has this to say. She's like no ghost rider you've ever seen. She is Kushala, a sorcerer supreme, a spirit of vengeance, and the savior of Johnny Blaze's soul. Blaze has been through a lot lately, from ascending the throne of hell to nearly murdering his former allies on the Avengers. But this, his nightmare is far from over. Something or someone is haunting him, and only a ghost rider with the power of a Sorcerer Supreme can find out why. The dynamic writing duo of Taboo and B. Earl expand the writer mythos with an action-packed special that will kick off a brand new era of vengeance. Kushala is about to be the hottest thing in all of hell. So, this was a... I thought this was going to be an... An interesting book to talk about because it was a nice one shot that kind of reasserts or either asserts a new Ghost Rider character or mythos. And we don't really talk about Ghost Rider much. So I thought this would be kind of cool. Um, I was excited to read this. I was excited <laughs> to learn about Kushala. I was bored to tears by this comic. <laughs> it, yes, it is. It is. A, it is a Wikipedia page. There is so much information. It is poorly paced out. It is impenetrable, <laughs> and I fell asleep the first time I started reading it. I had to go back and, and actually finish the last third of the book. I I wanted to love the shit out of this. And what's funny, too, I love the characters. I love the actual mythos. I think this is cool as hell, but this book was a chore to read. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything to add to that? I have. Oh, oh yeah. Brian. Oh, just like to deepen, I think we all agree. Um, <laughs> It seems, but the characters just talked at each other with declarative statements. Um, they also, there were some things where it just didn't seem to add up, which 
all right, so they're in that diner in the beginning, right? And they're like, all right, let's teleport out of here. We're going to go into the bathroom. Why would we go into the bathroom? They say, which is eh, <laughs> an old joke at best. And then they're like, well, I don't want to scar them any further. Scar them from what? <laughs> what? What has happened in this diner so far, you know? And they, speaking of pacing, they get to the point where they're like, okay, we're going to have to go through the air, fire, water, and earth of Johnny Blaze's soul. And at that point, I'm like, right, so that you've laid out what's going to happen in the story. Thankfully, we don't have to go through all four of those things. That part was kind of interesting in this the backstory. Is, yeah. I'm showing the climax of the book, which is 17 text boxes <laughs> against yeah. black and a glyph that's full yeah. page bleed. I didn't even really is, look at the glyph, I got to tell you. Uh, now, the art I did enjoy. I did like the art. But pacing-wise, when you're when you're trying yeah. to actually like uh, give the audience an aha, you don't do it with a 600-word essay in a comic book, yeah. broken into boxes, and then uh, information that you can't decipher in. Yeah. Like it, I did the art. same that you did, which I I rarely rarely do is stop reading a comic in the middle of it and go and I was like you know what maybe I'm like tired or I could hear this like something from a neighbor's uh, a neighbor's sound system and I'll come back to it um this, I, I give it its due you so know much. yeah so much <laughs> yeah uh, it's like, Robbie, the, it's like an, yeah it's like an issue of heavy metal magazine meets hmm. an, in, meets an infographic I mean, that's <laughs> nice. all I, I could think the whole time I was reading this. I've always hated Ghost Rider, and I didn't think it would be possible for me to hate Ghost Rider more. I was wrong. <laughs> wow. I love Ghost Rider. Hmm. I'm, uh, that hurts my heart. But why did this make I don't you, disagree with you. Why did this make you hate Ghost Rider more, Rob? All right. It made me give less shits about Ghost Rider, I guess, because... Oh, they're the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, they're the Ghost Rider. Oh, they're a butcher, a baker, and a candlestick maker. I right, know. Let's right. just keep some lines of delineation oh, she's, here. She's also um, out of time. That's she's, she's, been, of course. she's been chilling. She's from the 1800s. And since, I guess, whatever series she was introduced in, which is, I think, the Sorcerer Supreme, which is like five or six years ago, mm. she's just been chilling in present day since then. And we interrupt yeah. her having brunch with her girlfriends. No, I yeah, no, I understand that. See, I like the the whole like she is a ghostwriter who is also a sorcerer supreme. I love that kind of blurring of lines sort of thing. Um, but that did, but it didn't it didn't help me enjoy this comic. I, I <laughs> yeah. think all the all the puzzle pieces are there to be really really interesting. I just mm -hmm. don't think the execution of this one shot was very good at all personally. Yeah. And it's so much stories crammed in. Like this could have easily been a three issue something paced very well with actual action beats and not just like you had mentioned, Brian, just characters talking at each other yeah. in expository declarative sentences. It was yeah. just so stilted, right? It felt yeah, stilted. very much so. Yeah, but that being said, considering how boring this story is, I'm glad that they got it over with in one book as opposed to stretching it out across three. So, so I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, unlike B, I did not enjoy the art at all. No. I thought the art was murky, messy. Um, I'm not going to say that it's not professional but i thought that the panel layout some of the panel construction some mm -hmm. of how some of the, the acting within the 
within the characterization was just poor. Um, I don't like, I don't get the bit of going to the bathroom to teleport out. Why not just walk through the door and then all of a sudden disappear? The people are already scarred. Well, not necessarily scarred, but they're already looking for flashes of light because <laughs> Dr. Strange has right. walked into the <laughs> diner and sat down and said, can I get a cup of coffee? So they already are like, what the fuck? So give them the damn more show. curious about why all three of you are going into the bathroom. Exactly. Why Dr. Strange teleports away. Now we know what Dr. Strange is. Hmm. And now we know what's going on. Like, get the fuck out of here. Just give them the show. Like, flash it, you know, shit. Get the fuck out of here. And then she's out of time. So, you know, so she has to adjust to what's going on. But yet one of her first lines of dialogue is talking about frat boys. That doesn't sound like somebody that's out of time, you know. But then later on, she seems to have syntax and pronoun troubles with the way that she's speaking. So it's very inconsistent there as well. Uh, Like you said, the, the infographic then wikipedia is spot on with this story i'm tired i'm so fucking tired of every fucking character now has to have nine different versions of uh, so there's, there's a spirit of vengeance it's a spirit of of depression there's a spirit of this this <laughs> you don't see that much <laughs> get the fuck out of here man i would actually len i would actually read the spirit of depression <laughs> all right now we're just dunking. I feel like this is a, a, a weird editorial mandate of, hey, we want to use this character in a better way later, but you need to put her in, mm. in a certain point. So this oh. is like a slapdash smash of like, how do we rectify two points of continuity as quickly and as possible? D- and they've done like that. But yeah. They've done that in the past. Bane, mm-hmm. or, um, yeah, Bane. I mean, Bane was sort of, we knew he was going to break the back and they did a one issue toss in of him. That's why the first appearance of Bane before Batman, that's a, a really rare book because it came out as just sort of this big one shot, you know, introducing this masked, you know, what looked like a masked wrestler with that we'd never seen before. But it was still great. I mean, they still put a lot of effort into it, even though Bane wasn't going to become a thing for a little while longer. Well, I think they also, I mean, they, they definitely do that here at the end. Now, whether it's to set up a specific story that they, that they want to do, but she's, she's like, all right, I'm going back in the past. Maybe I'll see you for again. Now. Right. Well, also like they do it like now four or for like 150 years. And then how I kind of expected her to come in as an older person. Right. They do say it. They, they, say they it do it like four times. times. They do it. They do it in dialogue like twice. And then they also yeah. do it just in the word boxes where it's like yeah, for yeah. now. Now, I like where she's ended up. Like, fuck you. Right, right. (laughs) I I think one of the major issues is this could have been just her and the revelations about the alien planet that is the spirit of... Like, Doctor Strange and Johnny Blaze get in the way of this comic. Like, those... Well, especially Johnny Blaze. um, You know, his journey is ancillary, and you don't have a lot of emotional weight with his journey. And then you don't get any depth to it turns out to be her story, really. I think it could have just been her learning the information that is presented in this well, 17 page. I like panels. actually I'll I'll push back on that because I like the 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 plot contrivance of whatever is um spoiling or possessing Blaze hmm. is actually there for her 
Hmm. I, I actually, I think that is a, I mean, in better hands would have been a very organic way of actually agree the two stories. I, and I like how it technically ended up where she had to actually, like she had the first half of that thing mm-hmm. in her already. And she had to exercise it from Johnny to make it whole inside of her, which is the rest mm-hmm. of her journey. Like those are all like really great plot points that could have been executed much, much, much more effectively. So like, if this was just described on paper, yeah, that sounds really cool. I can't wait to read what's next. Just this experience was very, you know, I, very boring. I agree. I think the those elements of that story are really interesting. I wonder if it had just been somebody that we never heard of before and it wasn't Johnny Blaze, if it would have allowed her to be more the focus of what was happening. Johnny um, Blaze has been doing a lot of weird things. Like, so he's been um, very inconsistent hmm. in the Marvel Universe for a lot. Like, they actually make jokes of it in the solicitations. Like, hmm. he was... He was the king of hell. He was uh, corrupted. He tried to kill all the Avengers. Like he's done a couple of really weird things. So I think this is also a way of, again, this is like an editorial mandate, even probably for for Johnny Blaze. Like, hey, can you make him normal again? Right, Just right, put him right. back in the box. Let's say he was um, possessed, and let's bring in this other sorcerer supreme that we're not using. But you know what? Like it just feels like yeah, yeah. this was a white. This was a this was a whiteboard. A brainstorm session that turned into a comic plot in order to to re, uh, refresh two characters. Well, let's see what she's up to next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> can't wait. Um, so let's talk about the the last comic we're going to talk about. Uh, I think JD is coming back very soon when he can. But we're going to start talking about, uh, apropos of the rest of the show, Suicide Squad, colon, Get Joker, number one, written by Brian Azzarello with art by Alex Maleev. And I was, I was going to try and time it to where he came back and read it. But anyway, Lunar has this to say about the book. Critically acclaimed and best-selling author Brian Azzarello and Eisner Award-winning art legend Alex Maleev collaborate for the first time in this three-issue, oversized, prestige-plus format Suicide Squad series pitting Robin, Red Hood, Harley Quinn, Firefly, and more of DC's most villainous criminals against the Joker. When Task Force X's Amanda Waller sets her sights on Batman's greatest foe, she enlists the Dark Knight's former partner, Jason Todd, to track down the clown prince of crime and put an end to the mad reign of terror forever so uh i liked this a lot i know i know jd i know jd hates maleve 12 years ago i listened to him and mark miller go on a 40 minute rant about photo ref horseshit i just yeah i went off and played video games for the rest of the podcast (laughs) he's on mute Uh, (laughs) haha indeed you still can't can't hear you hmm no no, uh, no retort. Uh, ha ha. Uh, so I, I, I was not really looking forward to this book because I, I'm, a, I'm indifferent to Alex Maleev. I think he blocks well, but his art's not that great. Um, and Brian Azzarello, I typically hate more than enjoy. I think the last thing of his that I actually enjoyed was his Wonder Woman run. So. You didn't like Spachemin? Looking- you, didn't, you didn't like No. No. Oh, actually, I didn't finish Spaceman. Okay. Uh, is it good? I 
but Spaceman was great. Yeah. I think it's very hard to find right now, too. I don't think it's in print. I don't Um, Either way, uh, this didn't have a lot going for me, but it's got a lot of weird buzz because some of the choices that Brian Azzarello makes with DC characters is making people very upset, Um, especially what he's done, what he's doing with Wild Dog and stuff. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I kind of want to read this now because if it is Brian Azzarello being an edgelord shitbag, I, I, I want to read it. Um, so I ended up loving it despite myself and mainly because of the last beat in the book. He, they, he does something with the Suicide Squad that I don't recall anyone ever doing before, which is essentially, and I'll spoil it, the button being in the villain's hand. Their target gets the control to kill any of them at any time. And I was like, oh, shit, those are stakes. And this is interesting now. And I I, I really want to read the rest of this. This was really fun. What did you guys think? Well, can we hear JD now? Uh, I don't know. It looks like he's he's trying to resync his AirPods, I think. Hi. Hey. hey. There we go. What do you think about this comic? Oh. It was fine. Um, <laughs> actually, nice. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm having sort of connectivity issues. Um, everyone's real copy to me, and I don't know how to fix it. Um, but uh, this was—I liked it. I thought I was because uh, Brian Azzarello writing D characters uh, doesn't always go so well for me. Um, <laughs> I remember he did Broken City with Batman, and he had—he had like Batman in a, a woman's bedroom at night doing wordplay and flirting with her and she was a suspect and it was just it was just a hundred bullets but like with a bat cowl on <laughs> so um i wasn't sure what to expect i really like when people who uh like jason todd bat girl um and other characters who have had trauma at the hands of the joker have to deal with the joker again mm. um i also like that in this book Jason Todd came back to life, became the Red Hood, started machine gunning people to death, and then went to prison. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what happens. It wasn't like <laughs> Batman was like, ah, I guess you're sad. It's fine. You would just try not to kill people as much anymore, Jay. <laughs> Jay. And he's like, ah, I guess. JT. And he, he never went to prison or anything. Um, so I like that. This is a reality where that did happen. He went to prison for becoming the Red Hood and murdering criminals. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I thought this was a lot of fun. <clears throat> it's almost like they forgot the new 52 even happened. Oh, that's what Black Label's all about. Yeah, whatever I think it's just whatever about. version yeah. he wants yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what it, Brian, what did you think? Um, I... It had ups and downs. I think I agree with you, Noel. That was that final beat. I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, yeah. that was the part that I was like, huh. The earlier part where they introduced the Joker, I there was a big sign and eye roll when Amanda Waller's like, we're going to kill the Joker. Da-da! You know, I'm like, ah, well, I know how this is going to play out. But I didn't know how it was going to play out. The Joker got the box, and that is interesting. That is interesting. Um, I'll tell you, I am annoyed when you, I do not know what curse words these Grolixies were, you know, Mm. he's like the red hood, admittedly not a great one, but one with some sad significance. One I made, what? 
ass dick? <laughs> like, what is it? <laughs> like, what, what word is that? It's always especially, ass especially. dick. It's always ass dick. <laughs> it's always ass it's, dick. Yeah. It, yeah. What confused me about that even further was they say shit, they say fuck later right. in the book. Right. Does he speak in these symbols when he's really, really mad? <laughs> uh, it's, it's like it's like the the Scott Pilgrim movie. It's just like a bah! noise. Like, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Here's 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 the thing about it, though, is that he's trying. You know, Brian Azzarello is infamous for doing the word play where he uses a word, but then uses it in a different way in the next sentence or some, you know, some character will pick up what one person has said and continue it, but like change the meaning slightly. And he does that here, but with a word you don't know. Right. Admittedly, not context. a great one, but one with some sad significance. One I made blank. Blank, as in right. above the law. What, right. what? What's the word play? We, you, you took out the word. Ah, <laughs> oh, guys, I read right over that. Uh, <laughs> which, when you yeah. act that way, blank the law off. What? Right. What is it? Is it pisses? Because that is not a word you can't write in this comic. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. One um, I made pisses. Pisses as in <laughs> above the law. Which, when you act that way, pisses the law off. That's to That's, fit all three. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fun Sudoku, but with whole words. Uh, I love it. Maybe we're not giving it enough credit. <laughs> um, yeah, but overall, I you know, I thought the art was... Uh, it was decent for this kind of story. And I'd say I came out of it liking it. I miss that they don't draw a heavy set Amanda Waller anymore, right? There aren't a lot of heavy set characters in comics, and, you know, she was one. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was fun. She's, she's, health, she's healthy. She's healthy thick these days, I would say. I think <laughs> the definition of the Amanda Waller from the 80s, I, you know, she was going to have a heart attack. Really. She was exaggeratedly large, right? She yeah, was like nickname so, large. She was like, she was like, she was like, a, she was like mama from Good Times. Or, um, yeah, she was like mama from Good Times. It was that is, that is well a, enough. That is uh, a I very think, current I, reference. I think what you oh, actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the mama you're thinking about is not necessarily mama from What's good happening? Time. What's happening? What's happening? Sorry, right. What's happening? Oh yeah. Oh, that joke blew my mind when they jumped forward and they were all in the future and it was called What's Happening Now, a precursor to all of these later shows cuz by the time I saw them, they were all out already. You know, it was just like yeah. boom, they're there. Um, uh, speaking Noel, you said that some people aren't too into what they were doing with Wild Dog. I know of one person in particular the creator the of Wild Dog, and yeah. I do not blame them. I would be pissed too if I was like, "Hey, I created this character, and you turned him into this guy." I wouldn't be happy. You know? I, would, I would, I would be pissed if it was my character. However, in this story, I think it's awesome. Hmm. I actually really loved it. Hmm. Uh, I loved the because it, it, if you if you think about the makeup of the whole group, having that kind of dynamic that's in the center of it, capable but also a little crazy, uh, hmm. in in such a way that. I'm the sane one and not like, mm -hmm. you know, drooling crazy, but like um, situational or, or uh, insane. I think mm -hmm. that's really, really interesting and just kind of giving it to a character that is the most homegrown vigilante even possible, I think is really, really interesting. Yeah. And plus and plus you have just across the span of all the DC universe media properties, you have. Batman, as everybody loves him in the animated movies, you've got Batman as some people like him and some people don't like him in the um, 
in the live action movies. You have Batman as a dick in the Titans um, live action series. You got Batman as a gruff, sometimes bit of a, uh, a buffoon in Harlequin. So if you can have all these different versions of Batman, you can do what the fuck you want with Wild Dog, all right? And if you oh, don't yeah. like what they did with him here, then you just go re. Uh, watch him in reruns of what was it uh, of Arrow, Arrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah so watch him in Arrow reruns and 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 splooge all over that all right so like nobody was doing anything with Wild Dog and the character as he was created in the time that he was created does kind of fit to to be reworked this way into this story which is in its own universe so just pump your brakes and and cash your residual checks and shut the fuck up all right (laughs) now about this book itself i too have fallen off the ledge with alex malieve i loved him on daredevil after that it's been like yo i i this art just kind of like leaves me cold for the most part sometimes i like him sometimes i don't he works in some places on this book other places it's it's not it's kind of cold and boring the story you know me i'm tired of the joker i'm so (laughs) tired of the joker my god and like thankfully in the movie we're going to talk about they went away from their the original impulses and bringing the putting the joker in that movie they went away from that but no in this suicide squad they can't just get over it they gotta stick the joker in there they gotta have batman on page one they gotta stick the joker in there it's gotta he gotta make money gotta make money get the fuck out of here and now the joker has the button so you mean to tell me that joker has the button the joker that we know and the joker in this story the joker with the button he's smashing on that button the second he gets Right, 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 right. He's not just taking out one dude. He's like, because he don't, for all he knows, he don't know what the button do. So he's just smashing left and right. This motherfucker don't even oh, work. He do, no, like, wait, I, he does. He I, know he, I know like, he does. I know he does. No, I'm joking. And, and so I, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just saying that it, it, I, while that, I, I get you that it ups the stakes a little bit. I still don't give a fuck because you know Jason Todd ain't gonna die. You know Harley Quinn ain't gonna die. I don't care what universe you put them in; they're not gonna die. As much as he beat up uh, Viola Davis and uh, Amanda Waller, you know at the end of the day she's still gonna she's gonna be coughing in the first scene, first yeah. panel, the next issue. <laughs> she ain't dying. So I don't give a fuck. I would have so wished they had just did it with any other person with the button <laughs> then you don't know you don't have a preconceived notion of what they're going to do with the goddamn button that's what i would have i would have loved the penguin to have the button and they're like you, and now they got to work for him this is like get the fuck out of here i know that would be interesting if somebody and then he like got them to work for him did you guys notice when he's uh, when he's beating up Amanda Waller? It's it's supposed to be um clockwork orange yeah yeah yes. but yeah. He's, he's singing millie vanilli Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I thought that, that was hilarious. And then also, um, I reject your 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 claim that you think the Joker's going to make it out of this. I actually think he's going to kill him because it's out of Jason continuity. Todd, you mean? It's out of continuity. Yeah. It's a black label book. Not, I actually yeah. think that they're going to kill the Joker, which I would. Love and if to I see. was, oh, the Joker. Oh. I, 
if I was going to do the killing scene, I would not do it as Clockwork Orange. I would have done a panel for panel from when he beat Jason Todd. Yeah. I thought yes. that would have yeah. been cool. Yeah. What if they? What if he was dressed like Millie Vanilli singing "Singing in the Rain"? <laughs> he's not going to kill the Joker. Is not going to die. <laughs> he kind you of is dressed like Millie. He kind of is dressed like Millie Vanilli. They. they I think they're going like to kill the Joker. And I want them to kill yeah. the Joker. And, and but the, okay, so the thing about it is, I uh, just tell me a good story. I actually. At the end of this issue, I have less certainty in my head that he'll make it out. Okay, you want to make a wager sense? on it? You want to make a wager? Want to take? Oh, what do you want to bet? Like five dollars? I think that. Oh no, it's got to be fun. Something fun. Got to be something. Bet each other. Bet. You guys should bet each other a fifty dollars gift card to Johnny Destructo's Hero. <laughs> <laughs> really up the stakes, you guys. Come on, get serious. Unless you're too scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wussies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I, we have to empty uh, each other, <laughs> empty each other's pull boxes, <laughs> <laughs> which would suck for you. Um, no, I, I don't. Well, I, I think that they're going to kill him. I think that Jason Todd is going to like. I, I wouldn't be surprised just knowing the kind of writer that Azarello is. Literally, the last panel of the book is like splattered brains, and then it'll end. What if I everybody? What if everybody? What if everybody walks away? Except the Joker, or, or then I lose my bet. Dies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is like, there a, I think is the there a reference here that I'm, am I missing a reference? Tony's first. No, it was just a point. It was just a plot point in the book. She mentions it as in, "Do you know where it is?" And he just puts it together like you're in fucking Gotham. Like he just yeah. no. It's just a local pizza place. I think that is kind of, I could be wrong, but I think there might be a New York, like a famous New York pizza place that that is, that is not Tony's first, but it is kind of similar to that. I'm not sure though. They do. They mention it in the Spider-Man game, actually. Peter, oh, yeah. and a couple of times swinging through the game, will mention, yeah, there's one mission where they mention the three pizza places in Lower Manhattan. Oh, okay. Yeah. And one of them is uh, blah, 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 Anthony's first or something. That threw me off because from what I could tell, there was no previous discussion about pizza. Yeah. And then she's having a conversation with Jason Todd, who is on a mission. Um, <laughs> and mid, just mid conversation, she goes, What about Tony's first? Yeah, that was weird. What? With the pizza place? Yeah, you like it? Yeah. What? what? Also, the she's place- already gotten, she's like, I'm hungry. Delivery's here. Like, she's already decided on and ordered Tony's first. Yeah. Oh, guys, <laughs> I. I, I read that whole scene as her just giving him clues as to where she is. Like, it was just mm. code. Like, oh. Yeah, like, mm. he he wants to talk to her, and she's like, what about Tony's first? And then, then he goes through his whole thing about the, the original or this, and then towards the end of the conversation, he's like, you're in Gotham? Like, he pieced together without right. her saying where she is. Oh, all right. That, that's Weird. how I read it. I... I Assuming that was the intention, but it is also it's clunky, but it's clunky like a noir film where people kind of talk in uh, tones, right? Yeah. Um, uh, someone had mentioned Manda Waller getting getting thinner yeah. uh, as a good thing. No. And um, I, I, I don't like I don't know why they did that. I got annoyed when they did that because it felt like they had to make every character. Um. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to say this uh, politely. Um, homogenous. Uh, and I like that Amanda Waller, like you don't have to make her so big that it's a joke. 
but I liked that she was a thicker woman who had presence, who had power. Um, you know, the fact that they called her the wall um, yeah. because of her attitude. I don't think it was because of her size. It was because of her her attitude and the way she ran things and going up against her is like going up against a wall. Um, well, if I remember correctly, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, I only remember her getting real super like model thin in the arrow verse on those 52. shows I, it was the new 52 looked, yeah, new 52 started doing her as they as made her angela bass same body type 52. as everybody else uh, uh, I, I brought that up but i was similarly not not in favor of it oh, I'm sorry. Only, I, was no, only, I, yeah. I said so i said something about it and brian and i both have the deep verbato so it's easy to confuse us oh yeah um i i do think that it is a good thing she is healthy She's healthy in this. She doesn't look anorexic thin. She doesn't look. And the Amanda Waller of our youth, I said, and Len aptly corrected me, was like, you know, a mama from from what's happening, right? I mean, that's unhealthy. Yeah, she was crazy it big. Was, right. She was crazy big. And she was crazy big. Yeah, but, Amanda Waller was crazy big in the 80s. Yeah, but why not does she healthy. need to not be that? Her power does not reside in her physicality or her health. No, he's saying that she's like, this is a healthier representation. I think that's what yeah. we're trying to make, like yes. just a physically healthier person, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, I, I, I liked the, the imposing nature. Like, I do think that some artists went way overboard, making her look like Kingpin. Yeah. But I liked the, the, I liked the, um, um, my, my version of Amanda Waller is in, uh, Greg Rucka and Judd Winnick's, um, run of Checkmate. Like that wonderful post-Infinite Crisis Checkmate series, and Amanda Waller was just a just a larger, imposing woman, not uh, a fucking like massive shadow like the Kingpin was that some artists made her up to be. And then right and after I'm, that, it just kind of changed. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, I got a personal thing right now because I've been somewhat unhealthy in my life, and I've got to get a defibrillator installed in a couple of weeks. And maybe if I shed a few pounds for a few years, maybe I wouldn't need that extra help. So it's I a see, personal thing right now, too. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Well, don't be sorry. And I like and I like her appearance in here because uh, it's modeled, obviously, to, to my eyes, if not maybe everyone else, after the present um, live action representation yeah. of Amanda Waller, Viola Davis, as seen in the Suicide Squad. Hmm. Was that the a Suicide Squad? You say? Oh, was a that a movie? Film? Wait, ah. bef before we get into it, I don't know if Brian wants to talk about how to support the show. Oh, you know, I would love to, but I never like to do it without an invitation. So, uh, Patreon.com backslash Johnny Destructo is an excellent way that you can uh, go on the internet and give money to the, the people on the screen here um, for doing this show. And, well, mostly it just goes directly to JD, but he is the one with the show. So, you know, that's how it, that's how it goes. Um, and it's great. It's a great way to help out. But if you cannot do that, just tell, tell other people, like we were saying earlier, tell quality viewers and listeners <laughs> and get them to watch it too. But you stay watching it also. We want yeah. all of you to watch it. And uh, yeah, I mean, that like and subscribe and do various ways to uh, let the world know that this is a show they should watch. Yes. Just <laughs> scream it. Scream it around the table. <laughs> Scream it with puppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Screaming right. with puppets, well, I think, would be a great well catchphrase, JD. Yeah. Let's, let's work it into every puppets. show. Screaming with puppets. Um, so uh, before we move on to the Suicide Squad, uh, an action figure expert says they probably made Amanda Waller Kimmy, Kimmy? Be- Kimmy. Because of Angela Bassett pleasure uh, in the Green Lantern. Yeah. Portrayed. He portrayed. He always has the autocorrect. Yeah, I think he does. Is he doing talk to text? Is yeah, that he what's does happening? Talk, he does talk, uh, talk to text. Yeah, yeah. Holy cats. Um, yeah. uh, and then that is Robert around Monroe when Robert Monroe Jr. says, old Amanda Waller was grossly obese, walking diabetes and hypertension, two things that are killing the black community. Yeah, true. Uh, but then action figure expert responds, you guys know that some fat people can still be healthy, right? But not on average. That is true. I think all of those things yes, are. Yeah. That's just interesting back and forth. I like that. Um, so let it, let us move on to the Suicide Squad. Ooh, ooh, is there a note? I didn't look at the notes. Let's see. If oh, yeah, there's the notes. notes. I, I, I looked it up. I got, I got the notes. Here we go. The Suicide Squad, written and directed by James Gunn. The government sends the most dangerous supervillains in the world. Bloodsport, <laughs> Peacemaker, King Shark, Harley Quinn, and others to the remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. Armed with high-tech weapons, they trek through the dangerous jungle on a search-and-destroy mission with only Colonel Rick Flagg on the ground to make them behave. Starring Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Viola Davis, Joel Kinnaman, and more. Uh, so, uh, why, why is Len laughing at me? <laughs> Idris. It's Robbie and Idris, right? Idris and, yeah. and, 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 and okay. <laughs> Viola. <laughs> Just Mar- their name. Margaret. Margot Robbie. It's Margot Robbie. Margot yeah. Robbie. Idris like Alaba. Yeah. And Weidris Nauba. Yeah. And Joel. I'm fine. Joel. The w is invisible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, the movie. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, they're there lining are people up. In it. They're lining up the guests on the show right now. <laughs> 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 So, uh, yeah, there was a movie um, and uh, it was called Suicide Squad and it was terrible. It was absolutely it was one of the worst DC movies, which is surprising in a long a laundry list of terrible DC movies. But then they got James Gunn and James Gunn said, I'll make you a Suicide Squad. And then he did it. And then it came out and we watched it. And uh, Nolan, and I actually went to a theater for the first time since COVID. Um I was riddled with anxiety the whole time, but it was it was a good movie. I enjoyed the movie. It was fun. Uh, James Gunn, I think, brought a lot of the James Gunningness to the film that I was hoping for. Um, and uh, can, wait, bef- before can you can we talk about the theater experience though? Um, I want people to know the mitigating factors that, or the, the miti- like how we mitigated risk. Like we picked a theater that has a new ventilation system. We checked the seating chart that there would be nobody within rows of us. Like it was only a, and we went at noon on a Friday, like during the middle of a work day. And we yeah. interacted with literally no one. There was only 16 people in the 300 person auditorium. And it was delightful. I was still Masks riddled with anxiety. The time. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to like let you know it was probably safer than you operating your store. Oh, fair. Yeah. Um, Wait, hey, what did you guys think of the movie? I thought it was great. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I was, uh, several months ago, was not really looking forward to it at all. And then a few, I don't know, over the past couple of weeks, I'm like, mm, this looks kind of interesting. And I heard it was real gory and there might be some animal cruelty. And I was like, ugh. 
all right. And then we said we're going to watch it for the. There's like one bird, but uh, but, then, bird. Yeah. but then there was revenge. Yes, it's <laughs> true. Revenge. And who knows? Maybe that bird was a jerk, a big jerk bird. <laughs> uh, um, they don't get a little, jerk, a little jerk bird. It was a little tiny. Um, when people say flip the bird, that's the specific bird that they were talking the about. He's such a dickhead. Over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, but then, you know, you guys said we we're going to we we're going to review it on the show. I watched it and it was a lot of fun. It was gory, but um, the kind of gore, you know, it's all about everything in, in film or any art is like how you present it, not necessarily right. what it is. Right. And this was that kind of uh, fun, lightheartedness to a very gritty, gory series of things, mm. um, borderline cartoonish. Christopher Goodnight mentioned in that letter earlier, the. Uh, I think he said captions, but the the words as they appeared on screen at certain times mm-hmm. in the film to delineate kind of chapters or whatever, really well done, especially one scene where it is made up of the old things on top of buildings. Oh, you see these words favorite. and then he zooms in. Yeah, me too. I think definitely one of my favorites, if not my favorite shot of the film. He like zooms in and they become just whatever things they are. And, and lose cohesion as the words kind of reminded me of those sculptures where, you know, there's like a bunch of garbage, but then the shadow is like a kid with a balloon or something, you know, the, right. Uh, they're, they're very cool sculptures. If anybody has not seen those, or it's like two lovers kissing, but it's a pile of garbage is the actual thing. Very cool. Um, so yeah, it was a ton of fun. I don't think the story was really all that compelling or Super which, present. Well, let me ask you a story. Right. There were there were three stories in this. So we got story? Harley Quinn, the basic overall Suicide Squad, right, and then the um, Idris Elba uh, Ratcatcher, Bloodsport, and Ratcatcher. Is that what you're? That's what you're saying. I, it's almost the chapters are they could mm. have been separate movies. It was almost like we got, you know, the first three issues of a six issue series. If mm. I was like trying to equate this to comic books. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's sort of that beginning story. I, Starro felt like a whole separate movie to me. Yeah. Like when they finally sure. get to the Starro part. Yeah. And those, and I think those chapter breaks, I read those as like issues. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think mm-hmm. there was, yeah. there was multiple layers going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very comic as like it? it played out. You know what? I hate rats more than I, I dearest elbow. Is that how you pronounce it? I hate rats <laughs> yes. more than it's Idris. <laughs> I hate rats. You can't get too close Idris. to the sun. <laughs> I, hate, I, I hate rats more than Idris Albino. But I love this movie. I loved every second of it. It was everything I've wanted from to see from the DC universe. I mean, since the get go. And I would make Gun the new Feige. Hmm. If he wanted the job, oh, well, Marvel never let that happen. But <laughs> I, in the same way, I don't think Zack Snyder should be in charge of different properties within the DC universe, or really any at this hmm. point. But I, I'm not sure James Gunn has enough different styles that hmm. his direction would work for multiple properties. Noel. Uh, I'm I'm gonna agree with Rob, and only because like, the idea of a Feige is really just a, uh, yeah. uh, an overseer, like a group, a, a group yeah, editor, right. like, like a showrunner sure would be for a TV yeah. show. Because yeah. because if you like, 
James Gunn only makes a certain type of aesthetic. However, mm. he is like a student of film and gets all of the references in a very nerdy kind of uh, uh, well, well-rounded way. So like just mm. connecting dots for other filmmakers. I actually think that yeah. that would be kind of cool because he's a deep nerd. Like this was mm. all inspired by John, John Ostrander, Suicide Squad. And it's there. Yeah, I, like, yeah. You know, he moves the camera as well. And if I look at the difference between this Suicide Squad and the first Suicide Squad, we get those comic moments and those camera feels because of how he he makes an action oriented camera. He's done it with Guardians of the Galaxy. It's what the first Suicide Squad was missing. It was like a three camera, just very static shoot of proscenium arch, if you will. Gun moves the camera in and that first shot with Waller, right? When they kind of start the, the punk music mm. and then it starts spinning around. That's comic as fuck. Mm. I mean, that's I could see that in all movies. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a featurette on HBO Max about the cameras that they used. And it was really? fucking relevatory. Like, mm. it is wow. so cool. Like they um they used all of these tiny, well, like by movie camera standards, just something like this big called the red cameras. So like that yeah. shot at the beginning of the movie where it's in a puddle and then it flips and it's actually Michael Rooker sitting upright. Mm-hmm. That was all physical. Oh, it that's had, cool. Yeah, no. I thought it was yeah. digital. That yeah. they just kind of like inverted. No, me too. Like they shot the puddle reflection yeah. with this tiny camera and then actually like mm-hmm. inverted the picture and just like moved out like mm-hmm. that could not have been done five years ago let alone 10 15 years ago in film and i think that's awesome yeah like you should watch that documentary or the it's like a three minute feature at it's cool as hell the red cameras of philly cam had had like uh i think they got had two of the red cameras and man like the because you have with, with philly cam you have to like rent out the the equipment the line for the red camera was like <laughs> crazy long it was like yo everybody wanted that red camera but they got to the point where they were like no you have to pass x amount of classes before you can put oh. your hands on this piece of machine that costs this x amount of money <laughs> like because no you're not just taking this over to joe's barbershop so you can shoot you know somebody getting their hair braided nah <laughs> so um yeah the red the, the reds are no fucking joke like it, as far as the dc movies go as far as superhero movies go i love a lot of superhero movies but there's only been two moments and i can think of right off the top of my head no maybe three three moments i can think of okay now four four t- four moments four <laughs> moments four moments four moments include him reading names <laughs> I four, four moments four moments in the superhero in the super in a history or the most you know like this this real real recent history of superhero moments superhero movies where i literally just felt like a kid watching the films right the one was giant man in captain america civil war because i was just i just was a kid i was like oh it's giant man i was like i was a kid i was an effing kid right there the other was um from believe it or not of all movies bvs and that was batman in the warehouse which is still maybe the single best live action batman scene ever definitely love that three was again from bvs Hmm. which was wonder woman finally appearing but only because of the music sting that music sting when she appears it was like oh 
shit. It was just all that. And four was from Shazam when the Marvel family shows up. And I was a fucking little kid at every fucking moment. And I just had a fifth. Because as much as I love the Suicide Squad, and I love this movie, I thought it was balls out fun. It was irreverent. It was gory, but it was cartoon violence. I love Idris Elba showing Will Smith how to do Deadshot. I don't give a fuck what they named him. He was Deadshot, and he was Beast. I love Margot Robbie. I love the fake out at the beginning. I even loved, they made the polka dot man work but yo i was 10 years old when starro walked out the building i was like oh my god they made it work oh my god guys i was titling like (laughs) yes he he knew you would have that moment so he wanted to just give it a pay a beat Starro the Conqueror versus the Suicide Squad. Yes. One splash page. Oh, oh, I I almost wish that it wasn't spoiled in the trailer. See, I didn't see. See, that's the reason. I watched the first teaser trailer and I didn't watch anything else. Good man. Good man. And while you knew Starro would be a kaiju, what you did not know was just how creepy ass real they would make it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With the the vagina underarms, right? (laughs) Makes his star faces. So the creepiest the creepiest was the the astronaut footage of how they all like with the Starros on their faces just all look up at the same time and just I'm like this is a horror movie. This is a black and white horror movie (laughs) and it's amazing. No, I I want to point out the um, what I loved the most about this movie was its subversive nature. Like mm. it is a, a punk rock is probably overused, even though it's pretty apt. But this was a this was a trauma movie, and so much as it's very very specific. It's very very subversive. It's very very um, cruel, but with a wink. Um, what's and that it's reference? Just, no it's trauma. A, trauma, trauma entertainment. Uh, yeah, they did the um the uh, toxic Avenger. 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 Oh, okay. Man, like um fully independent genre nastiness, right? Mm-hmm. And this yeah. has that they they gave him two hundred million dollars to to make that, mm. and I thought it was just wild. I don't know if you could pull this off more than once. This was just great. Mm-hmm. And Idris Elba, I never doubted that he could be a leading man, and he's always he has been for a while, but in this genre was still wonderfully surprising. Like he could have just grimaced the whole time and it would have been mm-hmm. like passable, mm-hmm. but he just shoots for the moon and I loved it. And I, I even loved Joel. I was telling JD, I don't want them to kill flag because mm-hmm. I like this version yeah. of flag. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they, but even the way that they did it wasn't cheap. And I fucking loved the scene. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, I, yeah. I did think it was cheap when Peacemaker walked away. That bugged me a little bit. Mm. The the I do too. Yeah. 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 But that TV show thing. coming. Yeah. Yeah, and, and 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 but and that speaks to to be fair, that does speak to John Cena's portrayal of Peacemaker because I think John Cena was actually very good in the movie as well. Yeah. But I do think that it is a cheat to to big up flag as much as he was to rescue him from the dreck that was the first suicide squad and then okay they killed him off 
but then to have the person that killed him off to like ride off and now he's going to be the quote-unquote hero in another thing i i i I didn't i didn't i don't think they're gonna make him a hero so like that that murder scene of him well killing a hero of his because he literally calls him a hero the scene before um and then i think the cat just walked in um that's creepy sweetie i love you put it down it's fine yeah um uh when when he kills him and he dies uh cena's performance like literally crying realizing what he did and then powering through to be thorough it's almost like a switch was flipped and then him being killed i think is a cool character moment if they decide to explore it in the show and the reason why i think that i don't mind it in the show and i don't think they're going to make him a hero is because it's the same creator and the same writer. Like James Gunn wrote all eight episodes of the show and directed five of them. Oh, I did. So, right. so it's yeah. they're not going to just like someone else is not going to backpedal and try and you know hero orgasm this guy. It's going to be the same asshole who That's murders like, people in their sleep. <laughs> that was, that great. was amazing. That was. I ran that four times. Yeah. <laughs> the revelation, though, yes. the fact that all of those, they were all revolutionaries. Yeah. They were all yeah, good yeah. guys. <laughs> right. I didn't see nobody. Yeah. Oh, we didn't see anybody. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was really well done. Um, I thought another thing that was well done was uh, they, they clearly seeded it earlier in the beginning. But I didn't notice it at the time where Peacemaker is talking to Bloodsport and he's like, well, I have smaller bullets. So my bullet would go through yours. And frequently it would turn out that the character that said they had smaller bullets that would come in handy at some point. But it was the reverse. You know, he didn't have smaller bullets and he died or seemed to die. Yeah, Um, Yeah, And the the red flag at the beginning, too, when she she goes about. Uh, Waller is explaining that every single one of these people has their own unique set of skills that work well together. And yeah. she uses the same words to describe yeah. Peacemaker. Really <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I thought we were yeah. all unique. Right, like right. That was the first red flag that was like, oh, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna, fight, right, right? right? Like, yeah, I love. Also, it. you're right about him being like. Uh, I don't know much about Bloodsport in the comics, but I don't think he is the kind of sympathetic father villain that no. um deadshot no. is no. and this was absolutely deadshot without the one cool I, eyepiece thing i wouldn't be surprised if he just wrote deadshot until they knew they were going to be able to get will smith or not and like maybe. all right we'll just we'll, maybe yeah what other character fits three of these four traits that's yeah. fine great and yeah. his story was very cool you know i liked he he and ratcatcher 2's uh relationship and that mm-hmm. moment at the end yeah. um and speaking of of poignant end moments really like Starro's final lines where he was yeah, like, I was, I was happy looking at the stars, you know, floating in space. It was cool. Um, oh, we haven't talked about Harley Quinn's big action scene with all the cartoons her, and flowers. Her princess <laughs> scene. Yeah. 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 Princess scene. Yeah. Yeah. Where all the blood that she spills are these like helpful animals and flowers and that kind of thing. That was, that was, um, like three minutes of film that achieved more than like four movies of her featured did character wise, or at least her perspective. Right. I thought that that was awesome. Yeah. I thought she was uh, really well handed. So I didn't see the first one, but I heard that people weren't super into it. It's wonderful. Give it a shot. Okay. Yeah. That's the impression (laughs) I've gotten. (laughs) Hashtag release the air cut. 
right. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, but I really liked her portrayal in that. And that moment where she, you know, they've like, they see they're like torturing her. She's in prison and the one guy leaves. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, she's coming. And, you know, and then it does. And she and she breaks her way out. That was awesome. I think her action sequence in Birds of Prey was actually better choreographed and um, more fun and more innovative. Mm -hmm. But really all that they do for this one is the the animation, which is cute. Uh, The way they show her perspective, I think, is really nice. Um, And it was I mean, it's still fun, but it's just hard not to compare it to like specifically the bat when she flings the bat. Hmm. Uh, in in Birds of Prey, and it does like this ricochet um, sort of Daredevil's um, Billy Club, Billy Club, Billy Club kind of kind of move. Um, but uh, like, yeah, she uh, was she's always great. I think she's Margot Robbie's awesome. no joke. She's yeah, no yeah, joke. man, she's she does a really Harley. good version of Harley Quinn too, um, wherein she's crazy, but in like I really like her characterization. You know what I mean? She's in an interesting place in her development. She's like the thing with the red flags and she's not yeah. falling for it anymore. But also oh, she had some of the right. best right. Yeah. Uh yeah. you know, and just like kills that guy, which I thought was an interesting turn. And uh yeah. and then it's like, Oh, I can't believe that had a bullet in it. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it says the I am walking back and forth, which was one of the best lines. <laughs> I of the am movie. walking back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, the, uh, to to clarify, I actually think that she's been great in all of these movies. I just yes. don't think that any of the filmmakers that have had those like we've had a long conversation about Birds of Prey and my mixed emotions or my mixed feelings about it, but I still don't think that that filmmaker Kathy Ann really utilized her in the same way to to kind of show a perspective or a a growth that this movie does and i think that that's awesome like she's always been good but this was like the perfect alchemy of featuring her in a way that could like show that or without egg sandwich jokes i also liked her jacket the oh yeah Uh, Um, live live uh live hard kill or live fast uh, die clown I yeah, live fast, die clown. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. I, I, I was just going to say that um, two things. One, to to Noel, I, I get what you're saying about her characterization in here. Um, I too have mixed feelings about Birds of Prey, but I think this film, this film doesn't have to do the heavy lifting of Birds true. of Prey as far as Very with true. her characterization. This. Can be more of a summation of that. So, so I, so I'm just going to give it, you know, a, give Birds of Prey at least some props for trying to develop her character while also introducing other characters and kind of like build a whole team. Yeah. Well, she doesn't. You know? The problems I had with Birds, the problems movie. I had with Birds of Prey had nothing to do with Harley Quinn. Actually. Right. Right. Um, but. Uh, I think, and I loved her action scene. I loved it. I loved the animation. I loved everything, uh, everything about it. But the best part of it, and the part that steep, keeps rewinding in my mind outside of Starro, is when she comes out onto the street and she looks, and it was perfect. Talk <laughs> about moving camera, because it was perfect. It was like a comic book panel. And you see Bloodsport and Flag run across the street, and Bloodsport has his mask on, a t-shirt, and khakis, and he's just running. I cracked up. Like, I rewound that scene about four times, man. And then he does the slow Adam West crawl up the wall. <laughs> 
<laughs> the delivery, the delivery of the, the delivery of the line that's patronizing is yes. <laughs> the funniest thing. I, I like that made me laugh. Like I actually rewound that because I think in the trailer it doesn't have the weird voice modulator that the that it does in the movie. Like mm. his his dialogue so sometimes oh, yeah. is a little hard. I had to rewind it. Like that's patronizing. Uh, and my wife, the, the two, the two moments that my wife had like visceral reactions was, um, the red flag scene when, uh, mm-hmm. when Harley shoots the dude, like we watched people's heads explode and, and get ripped apart and murder civilians. But that was the scene that made her go like, Holy shit. <laughs> like cover her mouth. Like this is a movie she wasn't expecting at this point. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is good. You can actually have character growth in something wild and stupid here that's what that's why i keep thinking of like the subversive nature of trauma movies you know like they're gross they're they're gooey they're stupid but there's like always a nugget of weird and effective character motivation Very true. Or, or execution yeah, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like why did this stupid fucking movie made me feel this is good like yeah. this is yeah. great mm-hmm. yeah yeah there was a lot of uh, dan h mentions a great line from when they're introducing the sort of B team that we think is the A team that all get that get taken care of. He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's killed 27 people. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yes. it's a lot of fun yeah, no, in the beginning. The way that continues is even better. He's like, I think we he's uh, volunteered. To, we think he's volunteered to be here. And he's, and he's just like, <laughs> ah, ah. like we, yeah, we think so. It's cool. And then him just drowning is the best. Yeah. There, Although, did you watch the end credits? Did he stick around? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to, like, I've, I watched it twice. So we, I saw it in the theater with JD, and then later that evening, I was like, I asked my wife if she wanted to watch it. She was like, meh. So I played it anyway. And within <laughs> within 10 minutes, she was in. Um, I, I'm having trouble. I, maybe it's just like the new fresh smell. I'm having trouble coming up with true negative or cons about this movie right now like immediate rewatch it has aged well catching extra things only enhanced there's no holes i mean i think that it's a slight movie technically Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but it's not something but they don't they don't that's not a that's not a feat that's not a bug right like that's kind of nice um i mean i technically they saved the world but they saved the world by convincing this crazy guy that his mom is a kaiju. So like okay. it's still subversive and slight and stupid at the same time. I, what I, know, I, I, I thought this was, was delightful too. Like I saw yeah. an article that said, well, you know, Harley Quinn wasn't, didn't have much impact on the plot. And I was like, well, who cares? You know, I mean, I enjoyed watching her. She had her own thing going on. Well, what does it matter if they, she did or did not affect the overall story? You could Wait, even say that's though. more realistic. I mean, she did. She, she did help out at the end and, and all that. No, stuff, no, 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 no. She she directly affected the uh, the exacerbating of the plot by killing the dictator who wasn't going to immediately leash Starro on on mm, people. Mm. Oh yeah, she, that's true. She very directly affected yeah. the plot, just not with the team. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, so I also watched. I watched it with my girlfriend, who is uh, barely versed in any superhero stuff at all and mm. these are not exactly your headline a-list characters to begin with Very and true. so i gave her like a little rundown of like here's the suicide squad this with it and then we got into it and she thought it was fun too you know she enjoyed it which i think is also a mark of quality that um 
And people said the same thing about guns. um, First Guardians of the Galaxy, like this one is made for people who aren't comic fans like that so that they will still enjoy it. Uh, And I think that that happened here as well. And and that was great. Yeah, this is a delightful movie. I, 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 um, uh, JD and I both uh, afterwards on the car ride home um, kind of came to that. This is this is a little hard to recommend for everyone. Oh, no. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, 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 I it's might, a hard R. It's an R. Yeah, oh, for sure. It's, it's yeah. hard to it's hard to just blanket recommend this movie's brilliant. It's more of like a really, really good if it's very specific in tone and nature. And if somebody is anywhere near that mark, I think they'll love it. But it's not like a tell your parents yeah. they're gonna love it. Like no, I'd re- I'd re- I'd re- I would yeah. recommend it to all comic book fans. Yeah. And people who like filmmaking, I would say. You know, like if you're into the way film yeah. is crafted would be another avenue to that, enjoy that, this movie. Yeah, that shot where they got out of the van, right? Where where oh. they got out of the van and it was that stark white and they're mm-hmm. doing that like God, it's like angels spooching no, on me. That, yeah, that wasn't that, even the best. That whole scene was just. So uh, we saw it in IMAX, and the scene of Peacemaker and Flag starting to fight through the reflection of the Peacemaker's beacon of. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was cool. in in IMAX. That was fucking insane. Oh, I because bet. the way that they frame it as like a you know a good four three as opposed to widescreen. Uh, watching it on TV, there's more panel on the sides in IMAX. Almost the whole screen was his helmet, mm. Mm. and it was insane. Like I, I would, I would, if if you could be safe, or if you're in an area that has it, I would highly recommend. Like you know, a few weeks from now, and that's it one in, of the, that's one of those clever comic moments. That's one of those things where I yeah. say that that right there, that is a clever comic panel, which is mm. what the first Suicide Squad completely wow. missed. I'll also say the first one was trying to shoehorn in 27 different agendas. If I think mm-hmm. about the real difference mm-hmm. between these, we got to introduce, we got to get Batman in this. We got to get the Joker in this because yep. the Justice League is coming. You know, it was just, it was trying to serve a master, which uh, didn't care or love it. And right. it's found a home. Which, is, which yeah. is funny how disparate this one was. Like I, I had mentioned earlier, and I think you guys agreed there, you know, it's, there's not much of a story, right? There are several different stories that are like very personal stories. And those are the real meat of it is like, you know, the, the emotional relationships between one sport or whomever, but the, the overall action doesn't really, like you said, Rob, it reads as several sub stories in a comic. Um, I, you know, I forget why I brought that up, but I liked it. The problem with a lot of those DC uh, uh, movies prior hmm. um, and just like you, you pointed out in Suicide Squad is that they don't they didn't trust the characters mm-hmm. and James Gunn be- proved that in Guardians of the Galaxy as much as we all we may know those characters the world at large doesn't know who the fuck the Guardians of the Galaxy was right. but he trusted himself his his, his production team the actors everyone could come together to introduce you and make you care about these characters and he could do the same thing in this movie he made me actually give a fuck that they killed off captain boomerang at the beginning of this movie yeah, I didn't like from, the, from the <laughs> yeah. from the other one right and he actually made me give a fuck about that right yeah. so because he just trusted those characters that's why originally 
in the sequel, it was supposed to be all about the Joker before James Gunn got involved. And he's like, nah, 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 listen, uh-huh. I, like, we don't need to shoe on all that. Let's just trust what we have and and put them in a place where they can they mm-hmm. can uh, shine. So it doesn't have to, it can be a slight a story. You just mm-hmm. make it a big, dumb action story. It's beats that we've seen before. It's all about the characters and all about how the actors get them over. And that's, and that's why this movie hey. does win. It's it's the same it's the same thing. You could boil down the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie by explaining that they saved the universe by holding hands. Right, you, they you did. Could, you could boil it down to just too. the yeah <laughs> dance party. I, uh, yeah, the he's able to take these characters or just characters that he at least has some sort of like a fondness for to flesh them out in such a way that it literally doesn't matter how they resolve the plot it's Mm. always about how it matters to them yeah right Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter how they explicitly got the rats to blah 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 it was more about um him making the choice first we did not talk about his weaponry which was fucking ridiculously awesome like his suit was made of oh that and that one scene where he's like go he's like i'm out his suit was literally made of attachments that was cool like uh, from a slingshot to a yeah. rocket launcher. It was Yo, so when, when, when he, when he went like about six times building yeah. up that yes. big gun. Oh, yes, that was cool. Yes. Because I, re- I remember correctly when Bloodsport originally appeared, he had a bandana. That was mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the helmet is cool as hell. Yeah. Like, that is the yeah. best character design um, I've seen in a, a good handful of movies, considering uh, these movies come out every two weeks. Yeah. His was a great <laughs> emotional beat at the end, too. Like, yeah. a great way to end that movie. I was like, oh, I hope this is the final shot where he goes and he pets the rat. Like, he had a nice journey. That oh, it was very cool. But speaking of, speaking of that, I actually also like the emotional moment where they cut real quick to the flashback of rat catcher with yes. her father and it. him yeah. talking about why rats and Did now you, we all of a sudden we have we have the 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 double feature for ratatouille it's the suicide squad Did you hang on did you did you notice and i i caught it more the second watch she's having that memory all the rats are converging and they're crawling over uh Star Idris Elba. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. While she's while she's holding him, and they very quickly cut to uh, close-ups of his eyes or his yes. like his clenched ch- because he's reliving being trapped in a box with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So yep. they're juxtaposing her parental experience with his yeah. parental experience for the climax of this movie, and it fucking works. It was cool. This movie oh, is, yeah, for lack of a less articulate word, it's relatively brilliant. Yeah, it was great. It was, you know what? It was really solidly well done what it was, like the source material that it was. And that's something that Marvel really gets. And I think we all agree on this, that Marvel does its comics in movies. And James Gunn presented a gigantic starfish that sends out little starfish that take people over, just like in the comic, you know, and he does it in a genuine way. You know, and, and that's, that's very cool. that was that was the James Gunnsian twist to that because there was redemption from Star in the past. Sometimes you could get mm. those little things off your face. He made a zombie film. That was I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that before. Yeah. Like yeah. once you're hooked yeah. into the Starro saying you're, you're dead, like that's it. You're that's not coming it. back. There's yeah. no place. Yeah, it's your is... your face is missing as they showed on the slab. Right. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was yeah. Yeah. That was, oh. Yeah. That's it. That was, was gooey. That was tough. Oh, another uh, thing that uh, I know you three guys know, but if 
anybody doesn't, uh, trivia, uh, the Peacemaker is the basis for the comedian character in Watchmen. Yes. He's yes. one of the Charlton heroes that uh, Alan Moore adapted. Yeah. Um, guys, I think we're going to have to wrap this up because I have to go help at the shop. Let's do it, uh, yeah. Final thoughts. This was totally worth watching. Yeah. Anybody else have anything to extra yeah. to add? Like, if you like, you literally. Yeah, if you liked, if you love Deadpool, you're gonna love Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually Definitely. think it's so. I, I actually, that's the last thing we can talk about. Actually, figure expert. Actually, I didn't want to read asked. that because it sounded like he was having a stroke. So that's why he I didn't asked. Read it is exactly. it like it's? It's got the same tonal kind of features of. Uh, Com- comedy-ish uh, yeah. and, and irreverent characters. I actually kind of like this more than the Deadpool films, only because there's much more of an emotional kind of core yeah. to it, whereas Deadpool is much yeah. more of a... There's emotion. There's an emotional core to that movie, but it's it's mm. very selfish still, and it's mm. very... Yeah, this was heartwarming. In, yeah. in various places, this was a heartwarming movie. Uh, yeah. Very contrasted to the subject matter at hand. I still love the Deadpool movies, but I, I wouldn't mm. compare these. I think this is much much more um, a meteor of a meal. Mm. Anyway. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Where can the people find you, Len? Hey, you can find me at any place on social media at the Bat Tribble or Black Tribbles or Michelle Mission. Holla, holla, holla. Rob? Any place a, on the socials? Gen Xer? Ask a Gen ah, Xer. Yeah, yes. please ask me. Oh, you guys are watching. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, at Rob Haiti on all the socials and I'm taking questions. Ask a Gen Xer about anything. What's up? Ryan? I am at uh, brianleavedesign.com and I can be emailed at brianleavedesign at gmail.com it's a a product design website full of cool things that you should look at and uh, bankroll if you with, want with to do your that. eye holes and with your wallets. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you, can find me, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Bartocci, M-R-B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I, um, and or any of the cold pop feeds. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, we will see you next week. Uh, we may be changing our schedule soon, but it won't be that terrible, and we'll let you know as soon as we uh, figure it out. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you guys later. Uh, go support your local comic shop and see the movies. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.